Hello, it's only Sylve. Just a quick heads up before we get into it. We've recorded all these conversations remotely during lockdown, so there might be a few little glitches in the sound here and there. Anyway, I'll shut up now and let you crack on with listening to our chat. Welcome to the BIY Pod, a people podcast for the music business, bringing you meaningful and motivating career conversations. I'm Sylvia Gargiulo, the founder of BIY People and Talent, the people consultancy for the music business. In each episode, we'll share with you lovely listeners real career stories from some of the most interesting, inspiring and insightful people I've met over the course of my career. We've got a special episode for you today. As regular listeners will know, the wonderful Kiani has his very own section on the pod, Kiani's Question Corner. So we wanted to take the opportunity to do a BIY pod special dedicated to the absolute joy that is Kiani Kerr. Silva, thanks for having me. I appreciate that (laughs) so much. It feels a bit weird being on the other end of, you know, the questioning, but, you know, I'm usually producing, but I appreciate that. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, my darling. Yeah, it, it must be weird not being behind the controls. You're like in the hot seat now. <laughs> and all right. So look, Kiani and I first spoke in May 2020 when he was looking for some advice on getting a job in the music business. We got chatting about careers and CVs, you know, the usual recruitment chat. And Kiani mentioned some previous experience working on a podcast, which was serendipitous as I'd been hoping to do a BIY podcast for a while. The rest, as they say, is history. And we've been working together on the BIY pod ever since. Kiani's currently working hard at uni, but has one eye on what happens after his studies, which is hopefully where his question corner comes into play. So, Kiani, talk to us. Tell us where you're at. Tell us what you're up to. Okay, I'm currently at university. I'm studying digital film production and I have literally six months left. Cannot wait (laughs) to graduate. And yeah, how I actually met Silv was, I wouldn't say crazy. I think it should be normalized. I spoke to one of my really good friends and was just speaking about music business stuff. And he literally just recommended me to Silv. So I took it upon myself and I just said, you know what? I'm going to go on LinkedIn, find this amazing individual. I'm going to just put my pride aside and just compose a message and see if I get an answer. So I just remember that day and I was just literally just writing down what was coming to my mind I was just like you know talk about what you've done where you see yourself what skills you have and I remember putting in that first message I said this might seem a little bit weird still but I'm just, you know, I'm just shooting my shot here. And yeah, I just sent the message. And obviously, still being crazy busy, I was just like, you know what? Let me be proactive. And I just got a response. So I was very, very grateful for that. And after that happened, as you said, Silv, it was just <laughs> literally the advice and now the rest is history. So yeah, can't wait. Do you know what's interesting is I was thinking about this earlier when I was writing the intro. We haven't met. It is so weird. Like, we've spoken on the phone, (laughs) we talk on Zoom, we record the podcast together, but we've not actually met in real life, which is so, like, the most 2020 thing that can have (laughs) happened in 2020. It's like a working relationship is born out of, like, you know, just the weird circumstance. It's so true. But it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because, like... I suppose you were interested and it's funny, isn't it? We talk about networking a lot in the music business or the music industry more broadly. And that's 
ultimately how we got in touch. Like you were talking to a friend. They were like, you need to talk to Sylv. You probably emailed me a couple of times and probably didn't hear anything back and (laughs) were smart enough to follow up because like you said, I'm always crazy busy. And then that was it. But you'd prepared for that phone call. Like you knew what you wanted to talk about and you knew what questions to ask me. Which, from a recruiter's point of view, was brilliant because you'd already done your thinking in advance, which meant I could answer your questions really quickly and then we could start developing a relationship. And that's where kind of work came out of, didn't it? Because we actually went through a recruitment process for a job for you as well, didn't we? Yeah, that's correct. I just thought when I reached out to you, Silva, I just thought, you know, I have to build up a skill set because if you're going to speak to any form of recruiters, what you need to do is at least come with the proactivity. And you reiterated it to me so many times that it's key to literally just be proactive and always stay on top of your work and make sure you build up your skill set. And that's something I would take with me forever. So I appreciate that so much. And it was just the simple fact of me knowing what I wanted as well, because I remember Sylvie asked me so many times, what is it that you're interested in doing? And if you didn't have that passion for what you wanted to do, then you can't really go anywhere. So I just remember saying to Sylv, look, Sylv, I'm going to work in radio. I've got the passion for it and I'm going to do it. And you was just like, oh, that's amazing. And then that's when we went on to speak about the podcast that I already produced prior to meeting you. And I obviously at the time, I tried my best to just use the access that I did have and the budget that I did have because I was, you know, working now and again to just fund my ideas. And I just got like a group of people together who I thought were amazing creatives. And I said, you know what, I'm going to do this. I had no knowledge about how to do it. I had no knowledge or no skill set on let's just say a step-by-step guide on how to do it. I just literally got to the internet. I said, look, this is what I wanted to do. I'm passionate about it and I'm going to do it. So that's what, (laughs) that's what, that's where the drive came from. So, and I felt like the fact that I self-taught myself was something that stood out to you as well. He was like, oh my God, Keanu has no one teaching him this stuff and he's managed to accomplish all of this stuff on his own. So yeah, that played a massive part in me wanting to move forward with, you know, the recruitment side of things as well. And then it then forwarded on to you bringing me the opportunity so so yeah that was just amazing but you know what I think you need to give yourself a bit more credit as well because you say you didn't have a skill set but you did have a skill set you know it was it was in behaviors attitude attributes like you were proactive you were someone who was really resourceful right when you build your own projects it's so important and people do forget about that and obviously that's something that I think we spoke about first time because we switched up your CV didn't we we were like okay I think in a lot of people's minds if a project that they've run isn't like a paid project and it's their own project they hide it somewhere on the bottom of their CV in other (laughs) experience right and actually that was the most crucial thing like you said I want to work in radio and I think there was an administrator job at the top of your CV and it's like hang on a minute Keani you've had your own podcast you've done your own podcast why (laughs) are we not putting this at the top of your CV crack on with that music related experience section and put it there and it made all the difference but you've done all that stuff I think that's what recruiters are looking for it's the combination of someone who has the passion and the drive someone who's proactive someone who can communicate well someone who is clear on what they want you know all of those things really you sell yourself as a candidate if you go in with a bit of a plan you're way more likely to move forward than someone who hasn't done that thinking up front so you you thank yourself for that (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that so much 
And yeah, and I just, you know, with the whole part of the recruitment process and the CV building, and that was so key because as you said, having the confidence within myself to put the, let's say, the stuff that I achieved by myself at the top of my CV was something that I didn't do. So with the help of you, Silv, like when you was just like, Yanni, oh my God, you've done this. Why is this not on your CV? I was just like, ah, I don't know. So for me to change it and then just the opportunity to come, I was just like, Silv, you're a star. Like, I appreciate that so much. Oh, it's not me. It's you. It's absolutely you. (laughs) But that's really interesting that you bring that point up about confidence because I've never really really thought about it in that way because I suppose the perspective I always sort of come from is that okay well no one's ever told a candidate they're the relevant things to include on their CV in the music business side of things but it's really interesting that you should say that that's almost a confidence issue because it's like it's having that confidence and that belief in yourself and the projects you've run yourself to be able to shout about them and actually they're front and centre of your CV rather than hidden at the end of them that's a really interesting point that's very true to be honest there's this let's say perception anyway well i only can speak from my own experience and the conversations that i've had but from growing up i was just like oh i really want to work in the uh, music business i want to work in the media industry i'm going to do this but it always seemed very far-fetched and that's probably why i just thought you know what the confidence wasn't there is when I actually ran my own project and then I started being proactive within myself and started like resourcing the stuff that I had around me is only when I said the only way I can create my own reality is if I just keep going, you know? So I just thought, yeah, let's do it. Let's go and see where it takes me. And then, yeah, <laughs> like that's where it's Here you are. Yeah. Amazing. Well, tell us about your journey to getting, I suppose, to your final year studying digital film production, as you said, which we've had many conversations (laughs) offline about the fact I'm like, yeah, Keanu, you've absolutely nailed it. Creating content is such an important skill set. Loads of jobs in that area. So that's amazing. But how did you get there? How did you come to be at uni studying what you're studying right now? I think it started when I was in secondary school. I was, I literally was in like the last two years, which is the most crucial years of secondary school. I just thought, what is it that you want to do? The teacher's always asking you, what do you want to do? What's the passion? For me, it was always, I just see myself like filming. I see myself taking pictures. I see myself on radio. It was just media. I just saw media as something that I was really interested in. So then I went off to college, done a 90 credit diploma, went on to do another year, which was a national extended diploma. And obviously that gave me my credits to go into university. This was in 2014. So I then went to study TV and film production in University of Greenwich. And yeah, I done the first year, which was amazing. Getting all the practical work the knowledge that I needed. Then I went on to the second year, which led me to 2016. And yeah, that's probably when (laughs) life hit me. Life hit me and was just like, you know, family circumstances happened. I had to drop out of university. I thought the world was, (laughs) I just was not hopeful at all. I just thought, yeah, career's ending and so on and so forth. And then at the time I had to work full time to just, you know, upkeep the property that I was living in and so on and so forth. But something really hit me where, I said, this is happening in my life, but I'm not going to be uninspired. I'm going to really and truly use the days where I'm free and be proactive and do something in the field that I love. So then I remember working Monday to Friday, then on the Saturday and Sunday, I'd round like a team of people up and say, look, I've got no days off you guys, but like I'm investing in this project and we're going to do it. And yeah, so I've just recorded that podcast for like a year and a bit. That year was really tough, but you got to do it. You got to be hardworking. And after that year, 
lockdown then came into place. So obviously the coronavirus pandemic came across and then that had all the studios closed because we were filming in studios and even the workplace I was working at full time had to shut down. So that gave me a lot of time to really, really think about what I wanted to do. And I just felt like at the time, because I studied university in 2014 to 2016, I had already taken out, obviously I didn't come from, my tuition wasn't paid privately, so I had to get the public tuition. I just thought this is the finances that I'm going to have to pay back at least when I have something to show for it, you know? So then after that happened, we was in lockdown, had so much thinking space. I just said, you know what? I'm going to apply and really push myself to just finish this last year and just get it out of the way whilst I'm at home and it'll give me something to do. I'm not working and just, you know. So then I became proactive again. I literally said to the team of people that I was working with, look guys, we can record this podcast virtually. We're going to do it. We don't have the studio, but I'm sure we can work something out. And yeah, so I recorded literally the podcast throughout lockdown. I was studying from home. I was balancing the both. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to push myself to get this degree. I want to at least say, like, <laughs> I have something I can show for the money that I already owe, you know? So then I was just studying, studying, studying. And then we had the little break where we wasn't in lockdown. So we went back into the universities again and just started creating short film productions and doing content creating and so on and so forth. And yeah, it just, it takes me back to today. Like I'm going to graduate in December. It's still locked down until like two weeks and I'm still trying to stay like proactive and, you know, so on and so forth. So by the end of university, when I graduate, I can just say, look, I'm ready for this job. I've done it in the most unprecedented times and I feel like I can take on a challenge you know and yeah I've done it <laughs> you can definitely take on a challenge and I think that it's quite interesting you telling that story has just reminded me of our first conversation when we spoke and I know you were a bit worried about the fact that you'd started your studies earlier you were like how do I explain this do I put this on right. my CV do I not put this on my CV and we right. just talked through it didn't we and we just said look this will be relevant for anyone else who's had circumstances or a path or a story which doesn't follow like a linear kind of route. Right. People do things at different times. There will be circumstances that occur in your life, which means you drop something for a while or you push pause on it or you can't do the thing that you thought you were going to do. I think I encouraged you and I would encourage anyone that, you know, in terms of how it looks in inverted commas on a CV is less important than how you tell the story. And of that's course. ultimately what getting in the door is about often. It's, it's about being able to relay your story in a way which explains any gaps on your CV, any kind of pause in education. You know, it's fine, but I think it is one of those things that people do worry about. And like, I know, like I said, when we had our first conversation, you were a bit like, does this look really bad? <laughs> I actually remember that. Yeah, I remember. But do you know what, Sylv? I like, you actually pointed out something that's so key and... I almost felt like I've learned it again, but I remember you saying it. Like, the fact that you might have to put something on hold, how it may look on your CV is one thing, but how you actually tell the story of what happened throughout that time is everything. So I would definitely advise someone who's listening to the podcast that 
if you have any gaps in your CV as well, replace it with something that you love doing. Replace it with something that you're passionate about. Be proactive. If there's something that that's out of your control, there's something you can control. Do you get what I mean? So it was just it was just a perception. And yeah, you taught me something new again. So like, no, no, that's really good. No, for real. But that, and that's so important as well, though, isn't it? It's like exactly as you exactly as you're saying, like, again, in life, often opportunities don't go the way we think. But like you say, it's maybe not festering too much on the stuff that hasn't gone the way we want it to and going, OK, where's the gap? What can I do? What are the things that I can do? How can I build my own career story, my own career journey, which means my own projects, which then go on my CV. And it can be hard at times. You know, I think that, you know, Danny and I are one of our wonderful production team who's working the controls today. We were talking last week. It was the first time that he'd done like a Zoom call and had a proper conversation with you. And he was like, Kiani is so positive. Like your energy oh. is contagious. And I promise you that is that energy that people carry around with them into interviews is actually really important. And sometimes people forget about that, like particularly if they've had bit of a shit time or a bit of a bad run of interviews that they've not had the greatest experiences we're going to get exactly back to that confidence point it kind of weighs heavily on people and it weighs them down and I think if after every interview you can kind of reflect a little bit and go okay maybe not this time but what did I learn what can I do differently for next time and keep your energy up I know it's hard but I think it really does make a difference. And you always astound me with your absolute positivity, energy, like productivity. I'm always like, wow, one of these days, Keanu's going to be hiring me for a job. That's how, that's how this is going to work. I know. Oh, I appreciate that so much. Yeah. And I just feel like it's about, for me, I always have this skill set that I abide by where in every bad, there's a good. You know, like as long as you see the good in everything that you do, then what's there to lose, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, look, that feels like we're kind of up to date. Is there anything else that you've got going on at the moment that you're particularly excited about? Oof. Okay, there's a lot. <laughs> but okay, I'll speak about two that's really standing out to me at the minute. The first one is I'm doing a project with a few clients where I'll be property branding. So I'll be branding properties in portfolios. So for example, to not go too much into it, we'll just be filming content and just basically doing the marketing campaigns for people's properties so that they can reach to different people and, you know, just really brand the landmarks that are around the property and so on and so forth, which is really cool. And the second project that I'm working on as well is with a delivery service, which is new in the UK, which I can't really talk about too much, but I'll be their um, social media spokesman for the UK. So I'm really, really happy about that. Yeah, so that's two projects that I'm working on at the minute. <laughs> that's amazing. It's really, really exciting. And what I love about that as well is that, you know, okay, neither of those things initially are music related, right? They're not working right. for a music company. However, and this is always the crucial point, 
They're incredible opportunities in building skills and building a portfolio of work. Like that's content creation, that's social media, that's audience development, that's digital content. All of this stuff, all of the things that you're doing, they're all really important skills to have and the kind of skills that employers are looking for. And it's where a lot of the jobs are at the moment within music is that digital content side of things. So as always, super smart moves and always, as always, loving the fact that you're just building it for yourself. It's amazing. You are the embodiment of believe it yourself, build it yourself, be it yourself, B-I-Y. I love it. <laughs> Thanks for that, Sylvie. I guess we're getting close, aren't we, to that point where it's going to be out of education and into the workplace. What's on your mind? What questions have you got? What are your What are you thinking about? Talk to me. Talk to me. So, firstly, I'm feeling really excited about it. I cannot wait. <laughs> like, I can't wait to meet new people, just discuss different ideas, meet like-minded creative individuals. Like, the opportunities are going to be endless. I cannot wait. But the questions I do have for you, Sylv, the first one is, and I hope this really, like, inspires and helps somebody that is interested in getting into the music business as well. But the first question I do have is, what is the most important characteristics music business hirers look for? Fabulous question, as always. So look, I, and I think I said this in the future talent special that we did the back end of last year, but I think particularly if you're just starting out, a lot of employers are looking for candidates to bring behaviours and attributes to the table that are going to be of benefit to their organisation. So it might be strong communication skills. It might be proactivity. It might be being the most helpful person in the room. It might be active problem solver. It's like I say, it's kind of behaviors and attributes that I think are the things that not necessarily get you in the door, but get you the job. So in the first instance, I think it's about having a strong CV. And, you know, obviously I run sessions called Prove Your Passion on Paper, which are all about writing a CV for the music business. But then it becomes about the behaviors and attributes. They're the things I think that single candidates out or that's the point of difference. That's where you can really add value is how you behave and your attitude. You know, I think those things are crucial. And sometimes people People forget how much value you can offer as an individual just with your personality, behaviors, and attributes. So, like positivity, proactivity, which we talk about endlessly on the BIY pod, resourcefulness, problem solving, knowing how to deal with a difficult situation or learning how to deal with a difficult situation, being a fast learner. And then it becomes about how you actually give real life examples of those things. Does that answer your question? Yeah, that very much answers it. And I think another point which stands out as well is what question I would ask myself is what would make you different from any other person? And that's something you taught me as well, Sylv. So I appreciate that. I've got a second question for you, though. The second one is, is there anything a potential candidate should avoid on their CV? Hmm, another great question. So a couple of things, I suppose. One is CV cliches. I guess if we're looking at this from a, so let's look at this from two perspectives. If you're a candidate, you want to tell your career story on paper. 
And I don't mean it's a big old narrative document. I just mean you're trying to get the relevant information across to the recruiter, i.e. the reader, as quickly as possible. So what I like to see on a CV is the, the only place there should be a narrative paragraph is that personal profile, like five or six sentences at the top of the page. Everything else is like bullet pointed CV format, right? And in that narrative paragraph, some people are just like, I don't know what to say about myself. So they go, I know, I've seen this on a CV. I'll write this. I work really well on my own and in a team. And it's like, you're missing an opportunity to tell me something about yourself. Telling me that does not tell me anything. I want to know about you. I want to know about who you are. So use that opportunity instead of using a CV cliche, like I work well on my own as well as in a team, say something relevant, like tell the reader what music you're into. Is it a specific genre? Is it some specific artists? Is it a specific campaign or project that you've seen that really spoke to you? Like use that opportunity to tell the reader something meaningful about you. And obviously I don't mean your life story. I just mean something that is relevant to, and again, I've spoken about this before, tell the reader something relevant about your interest in and passion for music. I think that's top tip number one of things to avoid. The other thing I would say is I'm totally cool with pictures on CVs, but don't make it a Tinder profile picture, please, people. We just need <laughs> a nice picture of you smiling. Nothing else. That would be great. And I do think, actually, on a serious note on pictures, that just remember there's a psychological element to photos. I Sometimes I see pictures on people's CVs where they look super serious but I think psychologically, I don't know if this is the right thing to say or not, but it works on me. I'm just so easily swayed. If someone puts a picture of themselves on their CV where they're smiling, I just really want to talk to them because I'm just like, you seem really happy. I'd like to talk to you, please. So, I mean, just that as well, because I know sometimes people are like, oh, it's professional, i.e. I can't smile, you know, like that thing where you're having your passport photo done and you're like, I don't want to look like some kind of scary person because I can't smile and you're trying to get that balance right but it's fine in the music business just put a picture of yourself on your cv where you're smiling that's all good it works i think see Sylv dropped some amazing advice there at really and truly on your cv make sure the stuff that Sylv just mentioned is just not on there because like <laughs> those are things to avoid and she's also given amazing tips my last question for you Sylv other than biypeople.co.uk what is the best platform to search for when you're seeking roles within the creative industry forward slash music business fabulous question and love the little biy people and talent plug there thank you Keone. <laughs> yeah there are loads of great places you can be looking for jobs so there is the really obvious places like music business worldwide music week cmu which is a complete music update they all have jobs pages there's also other networks that you can look at so there are networks like social fixed which focuses on black talent so you can follow them on instagram there are networks as well, like She Said So, which is focused specifically for women and people that identify as female. So they advertise jobs on there. I think it's a really great way to curate your own kind of social media feed is by 
following those platforms on Instagram and then all of a sudden or whatever social platform that you're using, then you've got all those jobs coming right into your feed every day. So you've curated that for yourself. There's loads more places that you can look as well. There's places like the fabulous Diva Apprenticeships that you can look on as well. Follow them. They have some amazing apprenticeships and apprenticeships aren't just available for people who are coming straight out of secondary education. Like you can have a degree and do that. And they're doing loads of work with Kickstarter programs at the moment as well. So that's a really great place to look. There are loads and loads and loads of social platforms popping up who curate jobs that are advertised as well. That's perfect. Perfect. Sorry, that is perfect. So because I'm sure people that are listening to the podcast or people that are really interested in getting into the music business definitely go on these websites that you've mentioned and including BIY people as well to find any jobs that they're interested in and that they can apply for. So that's really good. I appreciate those questions. Amazing, amazing, amazing. You're so welcome. And look, there's one other thing that I would say about that. So I think sometimes people are like, oh, I'll just use those platforms to apply for jobs, but want to be smart about this because we like to work smart, not hard. I'm still trying to do that, by the way. So I would also use those platforms as a research tool. So say, for example, you don't really know what opportunities are out there. I mean, listen to the BIY pod. We will hopefully give you an idea of some of those opportunities. But if you don't know what opportunities are actually out there, if you don't know what jobs entail, use those platforms as research tools. Like literally go through all the jobs on Music Business Worldwide and go, okay, well, what does a marketing manager do? Or what does a streaming manager do? And then you can slowly build out an idea of what is actually entailed in those jobs. And okay, when you're coming out of uni and you don't have necessarily uh, the experience to go in at a manager level, at least you're putting together what those departments, what those teams and what those more senior roles do so that you can go, okay, so actually at a junior level, what would I need to do? Okay, well, it's A, B and C rather than X, Y and Z. So you're actually building out an idea. You're using those advertising platforms to just build your knowledge of what those jobs are that exist out there, but also the companies that are recruiting. You know, it may be that you see a marketing manager role advertised and you're like, okay, well, I don't have the skills or experience to be a marketing manager, but I really like the sound of that company. So I'm going to drop them a CV because they've got the application email address on the advert. So I'm going to drop them a speculative CV and just say, hey, I really love X, Y, and Z artists that you represent. And these are some of the things I've done in my spare time. If you ever get any work experience or paid intern opportunities, I'd love to hear about them. So you can be using those platforms in a really smart way as well, just to build your knowledge. Well, look, that's been a super helpful conversation. I think there's some key points that we've pulled out of today's conversation, really. And I think it is about confidence, proactivity and positivity. And knowing that even if things may seem like they're out of reach, and I talk to people about this all the time, actually, I think if you look at the end goal, often that feels really overwhelming. But if you break it down into little bite-sized chunks, little achievable chunks, then you will get there. And before you know it, you turn around and you're like, wow, I've come a really long way already. It's all baby steps, isn't it? We all get there eventually. So as you know, each episode, we'll be making a donation to a cause we care about on behalf of our guests. 
This week, Kiani, you get to choose. So tell us a little bit about the charity or the cause you've picked and why. Yeah, so the charity I've chosen to pick is called Brixton Soup Kitchen. So essentially, Brixton Soup Kitchen is a non-profit organisation that provides hot meals, cold drinks, clothing, job support for homeless people within London and the surrounding areas. This charity is very close to home for me because I've volunteered at this place before and I've met some amazing people and the work that they've done is amazing. They've helped so many people come from the worst of situations to, you know, in employment and just changing around people's lives. So I feel like that's the charity I'd like to donate to today. Kiani, I thought it wasn't possible to love you any more than I do, but I love you even more now. You know Brixton is super, super close to my heart and that <laughs> and that cause is really close to my heart as well. So thank you for picking that charity. So that's it for a very special episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to like, subscribe and follow us on our socials. You can follow us on Instagram. We are at biy.people.and.talent. And if you're just starting out in the music business, you can check out our Future Talent Facebook page, which is BIY Future Talent. For anyone who's already on their music business career path, it's BIY Peoples. Thank you so much, as always, to the the fabulous Keanu Kerr and the wonderful Danny Roberts who's silently working the controls through this episode. Take care, gang. This podcast was brought to you by BIY People and Talent to help you believe it yourself, build it yourself and be it yourself. Mm-hmm.